heads up. In this episode, John and Sebastian gush about animatronics, peaceful respites, and a giant whale as they let it go. And here's why it's great. Welcome to Here's Why It's Great, the podcast where we take what you hate and tell you why it's great. I'm John Bring. And I'm Sebastian Kavlicek. And boy, howdy, do we have an episode for you today. This one might actually be a little controversial because, okay. I mean, our whole thing is taking what you hate and telling you why it's great. Well, I, I honest to God, don't know a lot of people who hate this particular thing, except for myself. I know one person, and it's you. Yeah, it's me. We're talking about the Disneyland Storybook Land Canal Boats. Yay! Yay! I mean, uh, so obviously, I'm a huge, huge Disneyland fan. Been one my whole life. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, a huge Disney fan. Disney Parks fan. Uh, my family and I always went when I was growing up. We went to, uh, I grew up in Georgia, so we would go to the wow. parks in Orlando. Wow. Yeah. I was Braggadocious. An East, East Coast kid. Every summer, uh, we'd pick up my cousins in Jacksonville, Florida, drive down, and usually at least hit up the Magic Kingdom. And then if we had the chance, we would go to Epcot Center, which I also adore. Got How far was pigment. it? How far was it from you where you lived? Uh, it's about a four-hour drive. Oh, that's not bad. Because, yeah, Orlando's in, like, central Florida. So uh, it was not a bad drive, uh, but we shouldn't get into the nitty-gritty. Of... I was just curious I mean, because we... I, I had been to Disneyland a couple of times when I was young, uh, but it was farther away from me than Disney World was from you, and I lived in California. Yeah, and I think, because uh, what, would have been like seven hours for you, eight hours? E- probably eight hours, yeah. I think that would have been a bridge too far for my parents, to be perfectly honest. I think that the four-hour mark was maybe their limit. Yeah, I only went a couple of times. When yeah. I was uh, so was this a ride that you went on uh, those couple times when you were a kid? I actually don't remember going on it as a kid. I may have. I'll have to look through old photos and see if it's a memory that uh, escapes me. But as an adult, I've gone on it many times, yeah. and I love it. I-, I think it's a ride that is sort of hidden, and so you maybe don't know what it is or that it's a ride or what type of ride. Um, I know you and I had talked a little bit about Monstro, and it's a misleading. It is. It uh, is because you go into Monstro's mouth, and that seems very scary. And then Storybook Land is actually very lighthearted, boring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, have been going to Disneyland pretty much uh, a couple years after I moved to California. So I've been going it for at least ten years, fairly consistently, at least twice a year, every year. Uh, for a couple years, we had my wife and I had uh, season passes. We plan on getting them again, hopefully later this year. So I will be going annual, on this ride again. I believe they're annual passes. Oh, sorry, yes, annual passes. Uh, so this is a ride that, yeah, when I first went to Fantasyland, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and say all of this is going to be probably controversial for anybody who's a fan of the theme parks, but I'm not a big Fantasyland guy. What? It's usually we go there early to try to hit up Peter Pan, which is, I feel like, the high watermark of the Fantasyland rides. Agreed. And if we want to... Except for Storybook Land. I mean... yes, agreed. (laughs) But, you know, Mr. Toad's, obviously, everyone's got a soft spot in their heart for Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Who doesn't like ending up in hell? Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't love that? So, I should love it. I don't know why I don't. Maybe it's just I didn't watch those... You mean Fantasyland in general? Yeah, Fantasyland in general. Maybe just the... I don't know. It is the land for kids. I'm just a Tomorrowland guy. (laughs) <laughs> like, I love Star... I mean, Space Mountain's my favorite ride. Uh, Star Tours is amazing. Even Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters is a, is a great time. So, I don't spend a lot of time in Fantasyland when I do go, and... So, it's a confession that you're kind of broken on the inside, is 
This is what this I think so. I think that preamble since, is about is that like how just destroyed you are inside yourself. Kinda. If we're just gonna get down to the nitty gritty <laughs> of it, I mean, really, like the spark of my soul has kind of just been killed over the years. And you know what didn't reignite it? It's Storybook Land Canal Boats. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was a ride that I would pass by all the time, and I sort of I think it was closed maybe for a little while. Uh, yes. But I would just pass it by, and and I'd see Monstro, and and Monstro. Uh, really affected me as a child because watching Pinocchio scared the ever-loving shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, that sequence where they get swallowed whole, that's just like nightmare fuel for me. And I feel like I haven't really watched Pinocchio all that much as an adult as a result of that. It still kind of gets me. Wow. In a weird way. So, I get that. So I saw the Monstro thing, and it's not like I as an adult was scared to go into Monstro's mouth. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, sure. But it was just, I thought it was part of the sure. scenery, and it wasn't until a trip with a couple of friends... Uh, Tyler and Lauren, that we decided we wanted to go on as many attractions as we could possibly muster. I think we went in April, so it was one of the slower periods uh, at the park. And You swallowed your fear. I did, and got swallowed by Monstro. And I feel like it was towards the end. We were, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel. I think we were trying to get to, like, 25 or something. Which right. doesn't sound crazy, but, I mean, that's a pretty high number. I mean, I've yeah. gone to Disneyland or Disney World where I've gone on four attractions in a day. Yeah. And I felt pretty satisfied with that. So 20, uh, in the high double digits there. Uh, you know, so we went on this ride. We were all pretty exhausted at this point. And so was our land skipper, or whatever they're called. The person riding the <laughs> oh, boat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously we can get into the nitty gritty of what this was. But I went on this ride and was not super impressed. Okay. Sorry to say. Okay. Did you have... Well, before we get into your expectations and all the, as you said, nitty gritty, let's look at... Disney's official description of Storybook Land. Yes, please. Uh, to get us started. So, their official description is cast off on a colorful canal boat for a mini tour of fairy tale destinations seen in classic Disney animated movies. Set sail! <laughs> and there's actually a really long uh, a really long description on the website. They tell us what we what we actually see on the ride. I guess this is for those people who maybe live in the East Coast and can't make it out west. They can see exactly what the miniatures that we're going to be seeing. Sure. So the people that like, don't live in the United States that are like, we're not going to Disney World. We're going to Disneyland. And they're like, Sacre Bleu! They got the three little pigs. <laughs> uh, yes, that's a France. selling point. That was a that was a bad choice because they actually do have. This this ride in France, but uh, you know, <laughs> like this uh, one, I've heard the original is better. Yeah, which maybe it's, it's I, not. No, I I don't I don't agree. We'll with get that. to that. Then. Uh, but yeah, so what we're gonna do now is Seth Bastian and I are gonna take a virtual ride on the internets because thanks to uh, YouTube sites like Attractions Three Hundred and Sixty, there's plenty of ride through videos that are high quality and and really uh, simulate the experience. Yeah, that sounds fun. But yeah, you hop into a boat. Uh, they're all named after female Disney characters like Belle and Ariel and Tinkerbell and all of those. Uh, you hop into a boat. You have a skipper who drives you through the canals. and That's one of their sort of like selling points, I think, right? Is that like you have a live tour guide that yeah. takes you through. However, this is usually a someone in their late teens and er, through early 20s who could not be more bored. Yeah, I think it really depends. On, I've been on this ride many times because I do love the ride. And so I've had many different guides or skippers or whatever. And it, the skipper you get does make a pretty big difference on how much you enjoy that ride. Yeah, I think my first one was a very low-key uh, I almost said stripper. Skipper. <laughs> what? <laughs> what I made that might have been more interesting. Might have made it more interesting. No, uh, she was definitely very monotone. I think it was before they closed down Fantasyland for fireworks. 
Yeah. So it's sort of like everybody she, wanted she to be knew, done. Yeah, she knew that like her time was almost up, and so she just kind of went through the things like and on your left, Agrabah, the home of Aladdin and Jasmine, and on your right, the home of the three little pigs and the big bad wolf. That was it for the entire time. It's just super <laughs> monotone. I mean, it kind of sounds fun now that I'm re- re- <laughs> recapping it, but it's funner in the retelling than and in maybe the, we were just exhausted. I don't know, but like that set the stand or that set the the bar for what this ride was for me, and it was a Your very yeah. very low bar. Yeah. So we're gonna ride the ride now. We're gonna take a little voyage down the canal boats, and we will be right back. <laughs> Wow, what a journey. What a trip through storybooks. So, you know, that sounded awful down from you. I thought you were the one who was thrilled about this ride. I was. It's better being there, though. It's definitely better being there. I mean, yeah. We just took a virtual tour of both the Disneyland version and the Disneyland Parrots version. They are very different rides. They do share some scenes, but they have a lot of different things about them, uh, which we'll get into later. It's the same general idea, but definitely a different execution. We're mostly going to talk about the Disneyland California one, the, the proper one, which was actually an opening day attraction. Uh, It was originally called the Canal Boats of the World. I'm glad it changed. But, you know, there's so many legends about Disneyland when it opened that it wasn't quite finished yet, that there was still concrete still drying on the opening day. Uh, And this is one of those rides that when they opened, it wasn't quite finished. Like, the canal itself was done, but they hadn't really done any landscaping or any miniatures. So the ride was just kind of there. I heard they nicknamed it, like, the... The mud, mud or yeah, the mud bank ride. Mud bank ride, yeah. Uh, and I think Walt pretty much took a look at it, and after a couple months, said, "Let's close this down and get it the way that I had in my mind," uh, which is originally he wanted it to be miniaturized versions of different world landmarks, uh, which I think would have been cool. Cool, cool. But, I mean, especially at that time when not a, you know it wasn't as easy to travel. Yeah, and yeah, and it wasn't easy to you couldn't go online and see things like you know you couldn't like go ride throughs. Yeah, you couldn't do a ride through <laughs> the Disneyland Paris. Uh, instantly at your fingertips so he was originally going to do that but eventually wanted to switch it wisely to feature more of the properties that they had used for his disney films and turn it into what it is today and it would reopen i think a year later uh, after it was closed as what we have now which is storybook land canal boats so this is one of those handful of opening day attractions still left more or less unchanged. I mean, I know that it, it isn't exactly as it was on opening day, but it's it's seen a lot of updates over the years, but it's pretty close to what it was in 56 when it reopened. I mean, they update, they've they got to update the new, like, every time a new movie comes out or whatever, you know, so they add Aladdin or they add uh, Frozen or add whatever, like, but yeah, I mean, I think overall structure is probably pretty much the same as it was. Yeah. I mean, obviously the canal itself hasn't changed, but yeah, in 1994, they did a huge renovation of the ride. Added Aladdin, added Beauty and the Beast, and added The Little Mermaid. Uh, and then they did another uh, big update in 2014, or it opened in 2014, to add Frozen to it. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of Frozen. That may be something we have to touch on in this part. I mean, everybody loves Frozen for some reason, but I was underwhelmed by it. I liked Frozen. I don't know that I can argue for why it's great. Yeah, yeah. No, but I just think that uh, I understand why they added Frozen, but uh, the fact that... You've got to. I mean, you've got to add Frozen. If you're going to add all the other stuff, Frozen was such a huge success. Yeah. And so many And it's got multiple castles in it. Yeah, yeah. It it makes sense. But I do... The one thing I don't like about that update is you can pretty much hear Elsa singing through the entire ride. And it kind of bleeds over to... She's got a strong voice. She does have a powerful voice, but it kind of bleeds over to other... Uh, areas of that ride which bums me out because you've just got to learn to let it go 
Oh, man. I had to do it. Oh, man. Why? Why did, did I have, have to, to do it? There? I didn't have to yeah, do it. Yeah, you didn't have to do it. But let's get into the riot itself. So, obviously, we go through Monstrous Mouth, which that is the highlight of the entire <laughs> ride to me. That was still the coolest thing. The first time we went, I, I thought... Oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be an awesome hidden gem that I've never seen before. This is gonna be amazing. You get to go through Monster's Mouth. You know what could this possibly be? And then you get to the other side of this small tunnel, and it's just miniatures. Of I could I could totally houses. imagine I could totally imagine you just like here we go, here we go. This All is right, gonna buddy. be the wait what? Yeah, that was that was pretty much exactly it. I was like, oh man, we got a live person telling stories on the back of our boat. We got Monstro. Like, this is going to be fucking awesome. And it was boring as hell. The person's falling asleep telling you a story. Yep, yep. You come out Monstro's butt and you're like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. And also, by the end of the ride, we shouldn't we go into Monstro's ass to come out? No. I think we should. I think that that would make the ride way better, in my opinion. I think we should come back out of Monstro's mouth, as in Pinocchio. I feel like that's what they should do. Yeah, that's not it. So you'd have two monstros basically facing each other at Whoa, other at opposite ends awesome. of the canal. No, no, there's that sounds but, really awesome. There's but one monstro. So you get into the ride. You're on it. You do have your skipper who's telling the quote unquote stories of these things. But again, it's usually just a about a ten second blurb for each one. And it very much depends on how excited they are yeah. to be there. And I will say I've had some better skippers in my day because uh, I even though I was not impressed by the ride. Uh, you got to get those numbers up. Every time I go, I always have a Google Doc of every attraction that I've gone on, and I try to get my numbers up every time. What? So the line is short. It's a quick ride. You still get to go through Monster's Mouth, which is cool. So, like, why not just add it on there and just, like, because Dumbo is a short ride, but it just takes too long to wait for it. They just had to rebuild an entire queue for Dumbo because the wait was always so insane. Yeah. You're not about to get on Peter Pan. Uh, the wait for that is really long. The, yeah, the wait for that is forever long. Snow White, you know, you can usually sneak on that, but that's closed half the time for some reason. Same yeah, goes for why? Mr. Toads. I don't know. It's, like, always closed. Like, hardly anything moves on the Snow White Scary Adventures ride. So, like, what is breaking down in that? Uh, maybe it's just, I mean, that's, I believe, another opening day attraction. So maybe it's just wear and tear. WD-40. Yeah, that's what they need. So, yeah, you go through Monstro's Mouth. What is, so your feeling on that? I, I mean, I love that. I love going through Monstro's Mouth. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Going through yeah. that, just that experience? Yeah. I, I love it. I mean, I I love anything that's big and, like, it surrounds you on all sides. You go inside a mouth, which is actually something that happens in Pinocchio. Yeah. And it's immersive. Scary. It's immersive. Yeah. I think is the coolest part of it. You're part of this ride and attraction. I do. I, I do feel like it is somewhat misleading because it sets Hell you yeah, up for a is. different ride than what you're about to experience. But you touched on a couple things that I absolutely love about this ride, which are a, it's a hidden gem. So there's usually a really short line, if a line at all, to get on this thing, and. It's usually really quiet because there's not a ton of screaming kids trying to get on Dumbo or whatever else these dumb kids at Disneyland are trying to do. You know Disneyland is meant for children, right? When I'm trying to have my good adult time and relive when I was young, mm-hmm. these actual young people these are in my way. Yeah. Um, just shut up just, and be bored on this boat ride. Is God. that what you want to tell them? What are kids today that you can't just learn to be bored um, but I do love that it's like it's pretty quiet. It does just feel like a respite from everything else. So 
my wife and I go on this ride pretty much every time we're at Disneyland. And it's also a good ride for when you did just wait forever to get on Peter Pan, which is an awesome ride and my favorite ride in Fantasyland. But it's also like five seconds long. Oh, yeah, All of those short. rides are so short. It's like 90 seconds, like, actually. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, so. it really is. It, like, legitimately, like 90 yeah. seconds, right? And like, this one is, uh, the canal boats are like, what, six minutes? Something like that? I feel which like Which is the... like forever when you've just been on a 90 second yeah, ride. Yeah, And what I like about it is that you can, there's a very short line. You can, if you're tired, you can just get on this boat and just chill for six minutes. And you're like, I just went on a ride and relaxed. It was cool. There was a nice breeze. There's water all around. So it's it's usually a couple degrees cooler than the rest of the park. You know, so you're just like relaxing for a minute and looking around. Oh, these look at these lovely models. Just glorious. Just Just nice. That's also why I like going on It's a Small World. Oh. I, I enjoy the just like sitting down and chilling much more than I enjoy all of them singing at me on that ride. Oh, see, like, I'm, I want I'm, them to shut up so I can just enjoy this little. So you just want them moving with, without the song? I want to just. Are be, you insane? I think I just want to be on one of those like lazy rivers. I think is really what I want, and this is as close as I get to a lazy river <laughs> at Disneyland. Now that you, yeah, I can't, I can't argue that. Now, it's a small world is sort of the opposite for me, and I think we'll get into this. I think the maybe my biggest sticking point is what Small World has that this doesn't have, which is characters. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I'm totally kidding. I really love Small World. No, I know, and and I I absolutely love Small World. Like, don't even get me started on the Christmas time version. Even. Oh my god, I love that Christmas time version so much. Uh, even though it's usually like a forty-five minute wait, and it's ridiculous, the uh, wait it's wonderful, is bonkers. But uh, but uh, but I feel like the things that Small World gets right that maybe Storybook Land Canal Boats gets wrong is a it's indoors and air conditioned, which is lovely. I do like which those. is definitely you're talking about a respite, like a respite from the heat. And I think Small World's easily twice as long as Storybook Land Canal oh, yeah, Boats. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, you have to contest with that song. That, I guess you, for the people who don't like that song, that, no, 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 that sucks I don't. For them. I don't dislike the song, but I, what I it's not worth it for me in terms of like investment versus what I get back because yes, Small World is a nice respite, but you have to sit in the blazing sun or stand in the blazing sun for 45 minutes to an hour in order to get in. Like if you want to just have a quick little getaway, you can go over to Storybook Land, wait for like five minutes and then get on your ride. Yeah, but guess get what? Get back in, that- in, in line, wait for another, at most, five minutes, and get another little respite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, in that hour that you're waiting, bro, the the front of the Small World ride opens up, and little figurines come out and play a little song for you. Yeah, and the that's first time awesome. you see it, it's so cool. And then you're like, God, are they going to do this forever while I'm standing here and for an hour. I have actually been there where I think it happens every 10 to 15 minutes and I have been there where it's just frustrating how many times <laughs> that that's played. I'm like Jesus Christ. Uh, it just reminds me of how long I've been standing here. But back to the canal boats. Oh right. So I think my biggest problem with it and you seem to differ with me on this opinion is yeah, the lack of characters. I'm not going to take anything away from Disneyland Imagineers. They do amazing work and amazingly detailed work. And I think that the models themselves are impressive. I think they're cool on a just a level of craftsmanship. I think they're really neat. However, Disneyland to me for in large part is about taking the inanimate and making it animate. Animatronics are one of my favorite oh. things in the world. Like I love animatronics. That's why Pirates of the Caribbean is probably my favorite ride of all time. Yeah. It is just chock full 
of animatronics. So give me some animatronics. I know that this would be a very small scale, but give me just a little Pinocchio who's waving down there. That would make all the difference to me. Give me give me Elsa waving her arms around or shooting ice out of her butthole or something up at the well, ice that's castle. Uh, give me that. I mean, give me just give me anything. Give me a. Uh, and certainly in the Cave of Wonder scene, give me a genie that's just floating, and even if he's just tipping from side to side, that's a little something. Just give me a little something-something, you know what I mean? Give me character. Give me sure. actual story and not just, here's Agrabah, uh, and here's also Eric's castle. Here's where the three little pigs live, I guess. I hear you. I definitely hear you. I I have thought of those same things, I think, early on in the storybook land writing that I would do I was like oh what would it be like if there were figures here but I think that even the ones that you describe that have minimal movement of like waving or whatever I just feel like because in France they do have some figurines yes and but they're stagnant and for me that makes it less magical because they're just stuck there I feel like when I'm in storybook land it's more a thing of using your imagination you're probably already familiar with these stories and you're like oh my gosh there's there's the hope that maybe you'll see something in the window maybe you'll see one of them scurrying around the bushes that but if they're just standing there stagnant it removes all of that and you're just like oh it's a little display for me it goes not, back to being just a diorama yeah and for me it's not that because it's alive and it feels like oh maybe i'll see somebody in the window i do wish that they had if they were going to do something like what you're talking about that it was silhouettes in the window that scurry by or that it was something that rustles in the bushes something that still holds your imagination and makes you use your imagination but that is not just a figure standing there because that actually does make it less magical for me having seen that in the france version i like some of them in the france version uh there's a bell sitting by a fountain with a couple of sheep who are trying to read her book those silly sheep they don't know how to read they're standing there like a couple dummies there's a peter and the wolf which is a cartoon i'm not actually familiar with uh i I feel like i've recognized the character but i don't know if i've ever actually seen it but he's just kind of chilling in the snow like a dummy there's uh i believe in the cave of wonders there's uh abu yeah, that one was cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one was that one was good. He's, like, hanging, trying to grab some some jewelry or something. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like they're, I don't know, it kind of goes back and forth. I, to a degree, I do agree with you. Like, the bell one was the one where I was like, yeah, this feels really stagnant. Yeah. I'll, Plus, you can sort of tell those figures had been out in the sun a long time. <laughs> and that's yeah. actually the really remarkable thing about this ride is how well-kept all of this stuff is. Yeah. Like, nothing looks like it's an opening day attraction. It looks like it could have been built yesterday. Absolutely. Uh, which is really quite an accomplishment. Yeah, that's definitely impressive. Um, but I, I, oh, one thing I will say that I do like a lot is that this ride really comes alive at night. I've I've been on, during the day, I've been at night. The the ride that we just watched was during the day. Yeah. But the the fact that all the lights are on inside the houses and stuff really gives you uh, really like I don't know sparks the imagination sort of what you were saying like you could actually imagine that Alice is in her house or Mr. Yeah. Toad is chilling in Toad Manor or Elsa's actually out in the ice castle because you know they're all lit up and I think that's a really neat thing and I feel like that sort of is more enchanting I wish you could get that effect somehow during the day yeah. but I know you just simply can't it's just impossible yeah I mean as you pointed out it's outdoor and you can't so you can't control yeah. that but um... but I do wish just give me some motion I feel like there are even windmills that don't move on this ride maybe i've just been on the ride where the windmills happen to not be moving that day maybe they normally are motorized but i'm not sure i don't i'm not sure about that yeah so that was that you know that would be nice if you could even just add a little bit of motion or something or like for chimneys like could we have a little bit of smoke coming out of the chimneys or something like that that would be a very easy effect to do yeah come on disney 
I'm think, with you there. That'd be very cool. Hire me as a consultant on <laughs> only this ride. This is, I mean, this is a thing. So on the video that we watched uh, of the California version, there was a woman recording it, or I, I, she, she's the one we could hear. So I don't know who was recording it, but you can hear the oohs and ahs and like, oh, that, oh, that's amazing. Wow. You know, and I think that that's that child coming to life or that mom that, reads these stories to their kid or whatever, you know, like there is something magical about it to me where I feel like I don't need a lot of like in your face stuff or a lot of like, Hey, look over here. Oh my gosh, there's something happening over here. Like, I like that. It's really, I I know I've made several points about just relaxing on the ride, but I do like that. It's sort of, it reminds me of reading a story. It reminds me of reading a storybook, whether your mom's reading it to you or you're reading a storybook as a kid. And there were these storybooks that you would read that, would have like a little record that would play or a tape. Oh, I, I, I remember those. You remember yeah. those? And it, and it would have a chime that would signal when you're supposed to turn the page. So it'd be like, you know, telling the story and then there'd be a, a little, just a, a light little chime and you turn the page. And it was just a, like, that's kind of what it reminds me of. That's about the the tone or the, the thrust of this ride. And I feel like to do more with that, like, I, and maybe eventually we'll get there because kids today consume things differently and they would not probably sit for that book that has a little chime and you turn it instead everything now is yeah, like an, an, an ipad, iPad yeah. and like a vr helmet and it's like instead of a chime it's like turn the page bro yeah parents suck you're famous and it's just like so different but that's not what i want i like the nostalgia of it i like that it feels like an opening day ride like it still feels like something that's like trapped in time and it's just like moves at a different pace, and I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, I mean, I, there's something that I do like about that aspect. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just an e-ticket guy, you know? Uh, I just am that you, guy. I'm sorry, can you describe the different tickets? Because I didn't know what a D-ticket oh, was. Right. I thought that was like D-list, but apparently that's completely wrong. No, so. no, 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 no. So when Disneyland opened, you didn't have to pay a fee to get inside the park. But what you would do is, it's sort of like a carnival. You would buy tickets for different attractions. So uh, these tickets had different levels. There was A-ticket to D-ticket originally. A-ticket being your lesser rides. Probably more like sit-down shows or I would assume like the carousel may have been like an A-ticket ride at the time. And then the the better the ride, probably the better and more money they put into it, honestly, would be the higher level rides. And the Storybook Land Canal Boats or the the Canal Boats of the World on opening day were a D-ticket ride, which at the time was the biggest and best, better than the rest version of a ride there. And I'm like, what? If I <laughs> turned in my D ticket for like 30 cents or whatever I had to spend on it, I'd be like, fuck you, Walt Disney. What did I just see? Right. Uh, especially because there were no houses or anything there. There was just some minimal shrubbery. And it was, yeah, it was just mud banks. And I don't, I don't know. And, and I know they had skippers. I've seen photos of skippers during opening day uh, festivities. And, like, what were they telling? Like, what were they saying? Were they just driving the boat, I guess? Did, like, <laughs> did they have a script? Were they like, oh, look to your left. There's some more mud. And then to your right, mud. So imagine, if you will, something that's not mud. So that was, uh, yeah. So this would have been a D ticket ride. So that was supposedly the best thing they had. Gotcha. Um, but right that's now, not enough for you. No, you it's not enough. Ride. Yeah, an E ticket ride, which started, with, I believe, with the Matterhorn, was the first E ticket ride because it's thrilling, it's exciting, it jostles you around, makes your neck hurt a little bit, but you love it anyway. Like Indiana Jones, Star Tours, Star Tours, uh, Space Mountain, and Matterhorn and Big Thunder Mountain. Those are all E ticket rides. What's Pirates? 
Because you Good have a question. little drop. Good question. I feel like that would either be... I think for for theming and immersion, I feel like it'd be an e-ticket ride. Uh, in terms of like thrills, probably a D-ticket ride. Sure. Because it does have a couple of little drops. And I find it thrilling just generally because, again, the number of animatronics is yes. huge. It's thrilling. I can only think of one other ride that even kind of rivals it, and that's the... Have you ever been to Nuts Berry Farm? Oh, man, forever ago. Do you, did you ever go on the, like, Calico Mine Train? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, like, a jillion uh, animatronic figures? Yeah. Some of them very racist, uh, especially to the Asian population. Kind of upsetting. I only went on it last year, and I but was, like... thrilling. Yes. I was just thrilled at the number of animatronics. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I have a sort of, like... I don't know. It's, like, man, a I barely, love I slash... barely remember, though. Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot. And they're just mining. And they're pretty simple animatronics. There's nothing, you know, to the level of... Certainly not of the Johnny Depp one from the uh, from the Are, Pirates ride, or even the guy that's doing the bartering back before they replaced him with the lady who was doing the bartering now, but who was that's selling what I was off gonna... the take a winch for a bride guy. Yeah, I mean, I I just was it last week that I just went to Disneyland, but it, it was. Um, I feel like there's even more updates now. Yeah, than, yeah. Than there were uh, the last time I went. But... They added a little guy where there used to be like smoke, sort of like uh, simulating a waterfall with a projection on yeah. either Davy Jones or Blackbeard. Yeah. Now they added a dude off to the left, which I actually haven't been on the ride since, because I, I, I'm that big of a nerd. I sit at home and watch ride-throughs a lot. <laughs> uh, so I watched the ride-through of it, and I was pretty thrilled, and yeah. I can't wait to go. Yeah, it was Davy Jones. I mean, everything was set up for Halloween time, and et cetera. But, but on this ride, I feel like, yeah, they made some updates even since the last time I went. The biggest update in modern times, obviously, is the Johnny Depp stuff, yeah. which I don't love. Like I, I think, but it also is just my nostalgia. Like I like the ride how it was. Yeah, same here, same here. But luckily, he's mostly just kind of shoved in. Uh, he's hiding out, or yeah, they I just found hate spots it. Like God, take a shot every time someone says the words Jack Sparrow on that ride, and you will oh be God. hammered in five seconds. Yeah. So besides that, besides that altering the story, once you get past the beginning and until the very, very, very end, as you're uh, ascending back to the top, you don't really see a lot of Johnny Depp. Sure. So um, I enjoy that. Cool. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to re-update it, because apparently they're doing another reboot of Pirates of the Caribbean. So are they going to have to now remove Johnny Depp and replace it with a new version of Jack Sparrow? Who knows? But back to the story. <laughs> but that all goes back to the, my love of animatronics. Like Even yeah. if it is kind of annoying that they're fucking with the classic pirates, I love these new animatronics, that there's just new animatronics out there in the world. I agree. Because I just feel like now uh, theme parks have like doubled down on screen rides. Oh, my God. Especially Universal. Good Lord. But even at Dis- even Disneyland, I, I know we're getting off of uh, Storybook We'll Land get back again, to the canals. But I was just thinking about this because this is something that I like about Storybook Land, but the old submarine ride. Yeah. So it used to be like a 20,000 leagues under the sea yeah. type thing. Which and you would scared see, the crap out of me as a kid. I loved it oh, as a I kid. Loved it. Yeah, like it I great. could not wait to get yeah. on that ride. Even on my Nautilus and my, like, um, my aunt actually fainted in line at that ride. And I remember being so disappointed. We had to get out of line. Oh man. Why did she faint? She, uh, the, the heat. Heat, heat yeah. exhaustion. Okay. So anyway, um, but I loved that ride so much with the mermaids and the squid. Like I just, I loved it. And it was all animatronic type stuff. Yeah. And then it became the finding Nemo. Right, ride, and that's fine. Obviously, you have to update stuff, but then it was all projections yeah. and like digital stuff, and it just lost so much of the magic for me. I'm sure kids today were like, "Oh, yay! That's like when I watch my TV or whatever." You yeah, know? and they got it. they they liked that more. But I just really missed that sort of tactile, like, tactile, tactile. Yeah, which exactly. actually is a to get back to the canal boats is actually something that I do like about those is that it is tactile. You can like see the craftsmanship in every one of those houses. Yeah. 
Uh, it's just like, I don't know, I again, I guess I'm a thrill seeker. And I, you know, there is something to be said for having that bit of a respite and having like a calm. Because it really does feel like you're in a vortex yeah. in that area. For some reason, you don't hear any of the sounds of the rest of the park. It is just That's so incredible. So quiet. It just isn't, I don't know. And you're right in the middle of everything, too. So I don't know how. And you have the Casey Jr. train, another attraction that I never realized is even there. You have the Ch- Casey Jr. train going past, which is basically the only other sound. Yeah. Other than your skipper and the light music playing. <laughs> Elsa. And, and, yeah, and Elsa <laughs> belting out the, the entire time. That was There is one thing, because I, I definitely get all your, your points, and, and I think even the figurines thing, like it's just a difference of what you're interested in. But what I really noticed, or what I don't like about the California version, is the way that you sit in the boat. Because you sit uh, on the sides, and I feel like I'm always craning my neck to see what's on one side or the other side. And you always feel like you're kind of missing something, depending it, on what side you're on. Exactly. You feel like you missed something. If the sun is especially bright that day, you're maybe facing the sun. It's just, it really bothers me. Particularly the missing thing. Missing something. But I saw that in the France versions, you're facing forward. It's a completely different boat. Yeah, right? There's not even a skipper, but yeah, it's a completely your boats different boat. are self-propelled. Which yeah. is probably, actually, I mentioned while we were watching it how quiet it was. That's probably why, because I'm used to the skipper talking the entire time. Yes. I was like, man, they are really respectful there. Yeah. But I think it's just because I'm used to the skipper just droning on in the background. So when, without that, uh, it's and they also play a little bit more like ambient music, which I really like. I like that, The, the France version is also a little bit more spread out, so there's not any bleed in terms of the, the different musics kind of carrying yeah. over to each yeah. other. And I don't even know if they had it. I don't think they had the Frozen I don't, I don't think remember they, seeing that. I don't actually. think they had Frozen added to it, so Elsa's, you know, <laughs> huge quiet. voices and carrying over everything. You're also not seeing the other boats like, because it's just a bigger uh, and more extensive build yeah. uh, in France, um, which I also like how clean and how new uh, yeah. everything looks. I, I want to go to that really badly. I want to go to all the different Disney parks one day. Uh, it's definitely a goal of mine, especially uh, Tokyo Disney, which is apparently like the most advanced theme park in the world, and I would die to go there. But yeah, in France, they, they're self-propelled boats, and there's little wheels underneath the water that uh, that angle you towards the the attraction. Or oh, that's the, cool. They, ang- they angle you towards whatever you're looking at, the, the dioramas or the houses or whatever. So I didn't know that. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty neat. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh shit, there's no skipper. How are you gonna see everything? And then yeah, it like kind of guides your your view of everything. So yeah, to your point, like you're not having to crane your neck, you're not having yeah. to like worry about missing anything. You definitely get to see everything on that ride. Which obviously, being that it is a you know first generation Disney ride, I don't I doubt they'll ever implement that system. But yeah, pro- unfortunately, probably not. Yeah, I mean, in in a dream of dreams, yeah, they would either if they don't just get rid of it wholesale, <laughs> they could implement that system, get rid of the skipper, and have like a recording over it with like some pleasant music, and maybe your the music, the ambient sound plays on your boat rather than from the sets themselves. That would be really which cool. Would, which would be nice. Huh? However, there is something there. Uh, yeah, I'm cool either way with that. I think, but there is something for the music coming from like the castle or coming from that area. I like it when it's like, uh, you know, hold on, which uh, maybe Alice in Wonderland and like, you can hear it's all, as if she's singing inside the house. Yeah. I, I like think that. For, uh, you mentioned for Ariel too. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was actually the, the Paris version actually had, Ariel's, Oh, that's right. That's right. You know, her vocal little melody that recurs throughout uh, the little mermaid is playing. And I, I miss that because I feel like in the Prince Eric's castle, 
in California that it, sometimes maybe it plays, but most times, I think the times I've been on it, it did not play. Yeah, that's a that's definitely big a, oversight. A critique Huge. of mine is it sometimes you hear the music and sometimes you don't, and because so much depends on your skipper. If they don't point something out or they don't specify what it is or they're mumbling, I've definitely had where they're oh, like yeah, I've mumbling and I'm like, wait, which castle is that? Wait, what is that thing? And it's like, look, they're getting paid like $8 an hour. Disney's like giving up huge tax cuts from the city of Anaheim just so they don't have to pay them their employees more because they're going to a $15 minimum wage in Anaheim. And Disney is giving up like $100 million tax cuts so they don't have to pay their employees <laughs> that Here's why that's great. Uh, That is not not great. great. (laughs) That's not great. So I'm not saying that they should put their heart and soul into every single performance, of which they probably have to do it 90,000 times a day. Yeah. But it would be nice if they would enunciate. That would be great. (laughs) That's all I'm asking. So let's let's take a look real quick at each of the different uh, setups that we see. Sure. As we go through. We've obviously covered Monstro. Uh, which is a yeah a very cool way into it, and then yeah you get on the other side and you're slightly disappointed, um, <laughs> or so, not, <laughs> or not. We see the pigs' homes from the Three Little Pigs. Yes, which uh, I forgot that they even had a Three Little Pigs cartoon. Oh like, yeah, yeah, I think it may have been from like the Silly Symphony days. Yeah, like early. Um, I think they actually had a series of Three Little Pigs. Maybe um, I, I recently did the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco, and I remember there being a lot of Three Little Pigs art throughout, cool. highlighting the early days of Disney before they got into f- feature length stuff and how big Silly Symphonies was uh, yeah. for the company. Highly recommend doing that family museum. It was amazing, and uh, I I could have spent a whole day there. Unfortunately, it was you know we only had only had four or five hours to spend there, so <laughs> that was a bummer. But uh, yeah, so I'd forgotten that there was even a Three Little Pigs cartoon uh so we get to see the straw house the brick house i mean that's fine that's that tells a story that's another thing about this ride is like the cool thing about disney rides is the story that they're telling you know what i mean yeah um the story that's being told in each ride is what makes them so special and that's what sort of like makes them a cut above like your average carnival ride and i feel like other than them just saying there's the house from alice in wonderland it doesn't this ride isn't telling a story necessarily except for obviously just innately the three little pig story does come out because you have the straw house the wood house and the brick house all set in line right. so we kind of know the process of that so are you feel do you feel like you want to be told that story because i kind of feel like if you're on this ride and you're at disneyland and etc like you're already if they say hey there's elsa's castle you're not going what's the story of elsa what does elsa do Who, what is her deal i feel like they're banking on you already know. Maybe, I know, but that's like going into Frozen. You yeah, already but know, like, let it go, and you're like, oh, that I've read this to my daughter, who's now dressed as Elsa eight thousand times, and now she gets to see where Elsa lives live and in person. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not her daughter being like, what is this? Yeah, and I suppose like maybe was Infinity War anybody's first Marvel movie? Probably not. So you have to bank on some sort of prior knowledge <laughs> right. of these things going into it. But I don't know. Just give me a, a little something, a little, right, little right. taste of that something special that Disney can right. provide. Now I, get, I get that. And that's what you expect from Disney is yeah. that they will tell us. I think so. And I think that also comes from me living my whole life going to Disneyland rides and Disney World rides and being so just blown away by everything. And then coming back to this. And yeah. then coming back to this as an adult. My cynical ass was like, "What am I? What am I looking at here?" And and I I don't think I realized what the first time I went on it, it was a you know first year attraction and an opening day attraction. So that definitely changed things when I learned that. 
and I learned to respect it a little bit more. <laughs> but uh, so from there we go to the English Village from Alice in Wonderland, which I don't even remember. Do are we in an English Village at in, any point in that movie? I haven't seen that movie in a while. In Alice in Wonderland, yeah. Um, I thought we were just at like an estate in Alice in Wonderland, and then she fall, and then she goes to the woods and follows a white rabbit down the hole. Uh, like, why is there a whole village? I mean, that's where she lived, right? Is in the English village. I mean, I guess, but do we see any of that village in the in the movie? It's been a really long time since oh, I've seen man. Alice in Wonderland, so perhaps we do, and perhaps I'm being a jerk. But no, I, I, I mean, it's not like a central yeah, character, I, or central like location of that movie. So yeah. why did they choose that? Is your yeah? I guess that's my question. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you, if they're gonna do that? Why not make like the hedge maze or you know like the the Queen of Hearts castle or something? Like, give us something from Wonderland that'd be cool, you know? Yeah. Not just like oh, here's some. Some regular-ass houses. Yeah, no, yeah, I get that. <laughs> because then it could just be anywhere. They're like, oh, yeah, this is Alice's English Village. Exactly, that could have You're been... Like, no, that's just an English village you got from Hobby Lobby. Yeah, exactly, definitely Hobby Lobby. <laughs> well, so then from there, starting out for a property with the three little pigs that I forgot was even a Disney property to, like, why are we <laughs> yeah. here with Alice in Wonderland? Sure. Then, oh, God, then we get probably my least favorite part of the entire thing is the London Park from Peter Pan, uh-huh. which even when we were just watching the ride-through, you were defending... Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand why you dislike that so much. He does, they do fly over London Park. That motherfucker can fly. Why do I need a park bench? There's a, a park sh- bench in the, you think they should remove the park bench that would be Why found do I need normally to see that? in a in a park Couldn't. because he would fly and not need a park bench. But I'm not like, oh shit, yeah, there's the park that they flew over in Peter No. Like I remember them flying over Big Ben. Like if you go to the Peter Pan ride twenty feet away, that is reminiscent of the movie. That makes me that conjures up images of that movie. Not a strip of land with a, a winding path down it and a couple of benches and maybe a teepee. Wow, I, just, I mean I mean wouldn't that be redundant? They just you just were twenty feet away, and you just waited an hour and a half to get on the Peter Pan ride. That's what I'm saying. Why do we need this? Why do we need this thing? That's no, but here probably not you even... get to see where he flew over, which was the park. Yeah, if they flew over Big Ben, don't even give me that shit that they flew over some park. If he has to, is there a part that I'm remember uh, the, forgetting that they fly over a park? Because I, I yeah, honestly, they fly over the, you, so you think they don't even fly over the park? This is just a I just big remember lie? them flying like high over London, which is. Where which has the a par- London park. Yeah, which has a is- park in it. But can they come up with something better to give us? Or also something that like could maybe be a tall structure that could block that some of That used to be Elsa's- a mud bank. That's the best <laughs> they can do. All right, all right, fine, fine. Well, that's that's probably like my biggest sticking point with the ride is the Peter Pan park because I'm like, sure, that's not even anything. You have to. I get, I get you. I, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, oh, okay. He yeah, he just maybe fly if over they a had park, some like you know but, a string with the Peter Pan flying over, it, um, I'd be like, oh I, yeah, I would hate it. Flying. Yeah, like, you, would you just put a mobile here? <laughs> my child. But uh, I do I do understand like because it kind of goes back to the other parts of this ride that you were talking about where it's like why did they choose that when you had other stuff to choose from? Yeah, and I I do get that. Yeah, maybe Big, the, Big Ben would be far more. Cool. Uh, yeah, exciting or whatever. Yeah. But and, and that would make Alice's little village look pretty wimpy, but whatever, man. See, they had to keep it all in mind. I suppose They're so. building a well, bigger picture here. Again, I think something, an actual structure that would be on that little, because it's on a little island. It's basically yes. just on a divider island, which is probably why it is what it is, because they couldn't figure out anything else to do with this tiny little weird-shaped island that's basically just there to separate the two lanes for the canal boats. Yeah. 
They had limited options with a little, yeah, a little divider. But I feel like if they had something there, something a little bit taller could also block Elsa's. uh, (laughs) Again, I'm going to go back to Elsa. I think for you, this is all about blocking Elsa's sound. Yeah, well, it is now. The first time I went on it, Elsa wasn't there. I'm just going based on what it is now. So this ride is getting worse for you as time goes on. (laughs) That is true. That is true. So next we go into the Aladdin section, which is actually pretty cool. Aladdin is personally my favorite Disney movie, Disney animated classic, if you will. And the... The Sultan's Palace is beautiful. Oh my gosh, so awesome. The tops of the things are all painted in gold. They have the the market outside set up. They've got some little miniaturized carts and stuff. It's wonderful. I, I think that might be the most elaborate, right, of the different sections. Like, it's definitely the... It's not the... Yeah, maybe the most elaborate. It's not the most grand, because that one's coming up. Okay. The, the biggest one's coming up. I will say the Arendelle set is is pretty impressive in terms of its yeah. detail. I think the the Aladdin one is because maybe the way it's positioned because it is like it juts out a little bit. Right? Yeah, it juts out. It's sort of on an island. Apparently, Toad Hall was there originally, oh, okay. uh, which Toad Hall is pretty small. So I imagine that putting the castle, the Sultan's Palace, there was a huge upgrade at the time that it was done in the nineties. Uh, but it's also sort of uh, that's when you start to make a curve around. So right. you actually pass the, the Sultan's Castle twice. Okay. So maybe that's why maybe it feels sort of like it, yeah. it stands out. But it is like a really nice centerpiece for the ride, I will say. Yeah, And maybe that's just my bias towards Aladdin as a movie. But uh, you pass by that. You go under some... There's some decent amount of Aladdin in this ride. So Oh, there's a hell of a lot of Aladdin. And there is a lot in the, uh, in the Paris version as well. The Paris version has, by the way, at this point in the ride, a friggin' amazing Aladdin section where you go through into the... Because there's no Monstro. Right. For one thing, you go through the mouth of the Cave of Wonders, which is incredibly cool. Yeah, another yeah, and uh, as immersive as Monstro. I would was, dare say more immersive. I, I agree because you're actually going into a into cave. the dark because yeah. Monstro's cave. You ultimately can always see the light at the end of the tunnel, so you're not really being fully immersed. But man, that Cave of Wonders though, yeah, it is badass. Yeah, it's awesome because you actually do go into the Cave of Wonders through the mouth and you get to see the the jewels and stuff like that. This is the France version, I think. Yeah, yeah, the Disneyland Paris version. You get to see the jewels on one side. You they have an incredible uh, recreation of where Aladdin actually climbs up the steps to get the lamp itself. So gorgeous. It's like a yeah, it's like a little nook inside uh, built inside the cave and it's surrounded by water and it has the lamp up there with this like gleaming light on it. It is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really magical and and I think that because I, I liked the Aladdin part in the California ride, but when you watch those two back-to-back, it's, it's pales in n- comparison. Yeah, night and day. There they, is no comparison. Yeah, they have like a set of steps built into this. Uh, so you, you go under some archways, and then you go into a cave, just sort of like a nondescript cave. Like There's nothing yeah. there to denote, like, we're in the Cave of Wonders now. It's just you kind of just go into a tunnel. And those archways, by the way, like they're like, oh, these are the arches from Aladdin. And I was like, these look like arches to me. Yeah, but, they're like, Aladdin and Jasmine flew under these as they... Over, uh, sideways, and under. Yeah, in a whole new world. But to me, they're just archways that are there because they didn't have space to put anything else there. <laughs> that uh, lead to the nondescript cave. That you go into, it's really a tunnel that they're like, yeah, it's a cave now. And they do have a small thing where they have the steps leading up to the lamp, and then they have the lamp itself, which, you know, I love because it is Aladdin. And I believe they, on the right side, have, like, some jewels and things. Yes. They have a little treasure trove, uh, which is cool, but it's a pretty short, mild version of that cave, yeah. of the Cave of Wonders. And you don't get to go through the giant stone uh, <sighs> so cool lion panther head or whatever, which <laughs> is just, oh, man, it's so awesome on the on the Disneyland Paris version. And actually makes Monstro, as cool as Monstro is, it makes Monstro look... 
it, weak. It makes him look. It makes Monster look really dated, and also just a far simpler construction. Yeah, like yeah. the the one from Aladdin. The it just looks like straight out of the uh, animated feature. Yeah, and it it really. And uh, and that was something was in that movie by. that always really like impressed the shit out of me was the Cave of Wonders yeah. and the animation of it and the design of it. It was just so cool to me. Um, one thing that we actually didn't mention about Monstro, I'm not even sure if it does it anymore. I've, I've not paid attention lately, but periodically the eyelid will close, oh. so it's slightly animated. So it'll like blink, and they'll also have steam come out of his. Uh, oh my gosh, I haven't his, seen that in forever. I yeah. completely forgot it even did that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it actually does it anymore, but. It's pretty cool that it did at any <laughs> point. I, I definitely saw it a few times, uh, the steam and the eye moving. So yeah, extra points for Monstro on that regard. But we uh, so we go through the Cave of Wonders and the Aladdin. Then we get the Dwarf's Cottage from Snow White. Yes, but no mine, no high ho no. mine in the France version. I think there is a mine. Oh, there's right? a huge mine. Yeah. yeah, it's huge, and I believe Dopey is standing there. Of course, not moving, right. uh, which you hate. Right, but he's just like static, waving, standing yeah, there like just, a dummy, just chilling like a dummy. Well, he is a dummy. He's dopey, so oh, well, it makes, makes sense. sense for him. I'm on board. <laughs> but this is just the dwarf's cottage, which is just kind of a house. Yeah, but I, that does play a large role in the movie and in the story. Oh no, so I don't agree with that. That one, I I, uh, I don't get. disagree with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So fine, whatever. And you get, I believe, at that point, this is when you could hear them singing "Hi Ho." Yes, which I love. So I suppose they're off to work, and that's, they're they're somewhere hidden. That's what I like about it is that you hear them and you don't see them. So yeah. you're like looking for them. So you can it, sort of imagine it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So okay, that gets a pass. <laughs> then we get to the piece de resistance of this ride, I f- in my opinion, okay. which is Cinderella's Castle, Okay, which is huge. Yes. Humongous. It's got to be like 30, 40 feet tall or something like that. Well, it's not just the wow. castle itself. It's a hill. Oh, yes. And there's a giant castle on top of a huge hill with like a really cool bridge. And then down below is like uh, the village where Cinderella lived and another castle, which I don't even know where the other castle's from. Uh, but but I mean I suppose Cinderella would make sense. Makes but like, sense. why are there two castles? Maybe it's like oh maybe it's like the house because she lived like with you know the yeah they lived in a nice house. They lived in a very yeah, nice house. So I think, I think it was the nice house, and then up at the top of the hill is the castle. That shit is dope. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's cool. Like I mean, even watching it on a laptop just now, I, it took my breath away a little bit. It's just incredible. Like that was the one yeah. undeniable thing about this ride is this section. Yeah, it's it's grandiose. It's beautiful, and you know that is one where you know what's going on. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's Disney magic, baby. That's right. It was it was cool, and there's like all sorts of like houses and like cabins and stuff leading up this winding pathway up this almost sheer rock cliff rock face yeah um and there's the bridge which i believe the bridge plays some role in cinderella i i have to admit i haven't seen a lot of the early classics in a long time so yeah i think the bridge because after she loses her shoe and they hop into the pumpkin that's rapid or the carriage that's rapidly turning back into a pumpkin yeah i think they do yeah they cross that bridge yeah which the bridge looks really cool in the this recreation so that, I feel like, is the centerpiece. I'm sure that that was the, the big attraction, the big draw when it first opened in uh Oh, absolutely. In I'm sure that was just blowing hair back. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, then we had our our, uh, our very quaint Toad Hall from Ichabod and Mr. Toad. A Toad Hall, which you can find a life-size version of, again, 20 feet away <laughs> at Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So I'm like, why do we have this here? Like, but, but, but it's because you're like, I need some distance. 
I need to see this. I need to, yeah, I need from to a see bird's it. eye view. Yeah, and I need to see the the landscaping around Toad Hall. And then you're like, I, now I get it. Yeah, now I now I just have a good. And of course, Mr. Toad's not there. He's taking a wild ride to nowhere in particular. I think I should be one of the skippers. That was pretty good. I actually That's an actual line, so that, yeah. that was really good. Yeah, I would actually. I've thought about that recently because uh, taking a bit of a sabbatical lately. Um, to, from money. From money having. Um, and I thought, like, what if I did try to get a job at Disneyland for like a month? You should do it. It would be a pain in the ass to drive. You should do it, and you should be one of the guides on Storybook Land so that you can really oh, just go yeah. for it. Oh, man. I would give my – no, if I knew that I only had to do it for a month, like it was, you know, like uh, like those people who, like, do Vegas for a month. Right. That would be, like, me <laughs> me doing Disneyland for a month. I would give that shit my all. But please my do the heart. Storybook Land because I want to sit in the boat while you're telling me oh, about it. I can't it. do it while you're there. I'll get embarrassed. That, but that's what I need. <laughs> Because we just did this podcast, and uh, I want you to tell me why it's great okay. as I sit there. And I gotta wear that dorky outfit, but but I don't want you to say uh, to nowhere in particular. I want you to actually say to hell because that's <laughs> yeah, what happens. In because the ride. that's what happens, <laughs> and then I get fired immediately. Um, the Mister Toad section of this is sort of like pretty underwhelming after you get after you pass the gigantic Cinderella castle. Pretty much, and it reminded me of there's a section in the Disneyland Paris where you pass a Sword in the Stone section, oh. where it's basically just like a rock, and they just have like a little tiny cubby where it's a temple with the little tiny Sword in the Stone in it, and that's it. And it's probably like a foot wide and a foot tall. Yeah, it's barely anything. Also, so is that supposed to be? It's been a while since I've seen that. I loved that movie. Oh, I did too. But yeah. it's been a while since I've seen it. Is that? stone actually in the castle i don't think so actually no, i thought I it was think. outside because it wasn't even in a stone it was in like a pillar in in the ride i mean oh in the ride in the yeah, ride yeah, yeah. in the in the movie it's obviously in the movie, in a, stone. It's a stone yeah uh, yeah i, I don't think it's outside i'm pretty sure it's outside so they were just fudging a lot of details on that one they were just like hey we have we need something to go here we have this and this left over. yeah we got like 30 bucks uh, <laughs> on a michael's card <laughs> let's let's see what we can do what can we do or sorry, Hobby Lobby. That's where they get their. <laughs> that's where they get their stuff. Apparently, uh, and then we get to my favorite. We get to Arendelle. Oh yeah, the yeah. Ice Castle. Your, uh, all your from favorite Frozen. Songs. My favorite song. Look, I'm not. I'm not taking away. Adina Menzel. I cherish that woman. Her, her voice is amazing. That song is super played Ooh, out. Oh, Adele Dazim. Oh, sorry. The uh, wickedly talented <laughs> Adele Dazim. So she, uh, I'm not taking anything away. I just think that song is a little played out. And it's it's mostly about the fact that it bleeds everywhere else. But we get to that. And I think Arendelle, the the province or whatever oh, that's, uh-huh. that that uh, Frozen takes place in the country, I guess, uh, the kingdom, is really well rendered, really well done. Like they yeah. have a big castle. They've got like a bay built in it with a big ship that's in there. Yeah. And I believe that ship is in the movie, I think, where the non-hero guy, spoiler alert, where the guy who, like, courts Anna comes in on. Oh, uh, okay. But then he's an asshole. That was actually, that's something that I've often, like, what is that boat? I don't really remember that ship, but. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he came in on that before Elsa lost her shit and went crazy and froze right. the whole country. Oh, yeah, because then I think they got, the ships got stuck. Yeah, yeah got sort of, right. like, moored by the by the ice. So, and then we obviously have a lot of icy mountains, and then we have Elsa's castle, which kind of, it's sort of a little blink and you miss it. It's a little bit smaller than I would have made it had I been the Imagineer behind it. <laughs> uh, but still pretty cool, and I I think that one's lit up at night, and I think it looks really yes. neat at night. Twinkles. Iridescent and twinkles. It's lovely. <laughs> and it's also, all of this is very big. Yes. And then we kind of have a Cinderella going to Toad Hall in Arendelle, which is humongous. And then we get Geppetto's Workshop. 
Just yeah. like a little tiny house just chilling in a bunch of grass. Yeah. And that's that. Well, you know, Geppetto was a simple man. And... He was a simple man, but do we need a simple setup? I mean, at least give him, you know, a village or something. And then have the... It was all about Geppetto's home. Was about to... <sighs> yeah. Uh, he didn't, like, live out in the... He was in the city. He was, like, in... Like a metropolitan area where he was the lead That's puppet a maker. Point, actually. Yeah, I mean, it was wasn't like he was out in the middle of nowhere. Like a lot of these places were. A lot of these stories took place. Here's Geppetto's home, magically transported, <laughs> transported into to, the middle of nowhere, into a field of grass. Um, and we didn't get any like when you wish upon a star. I guess we're still close enough to. Elsa, that that's all we're going to hear anyway. I, but. I think it's actually playing. You just can't hear it over Elsa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. Uh, and then our last couple of things. We go by a bunch of just flowers that they said was from a silly symphony. Oh, yeah. those. There's like a whole bunch of like flowers a lot of on the bank there. Things. Yeah, yeah. And they say that, oh, these flowers will never grow because they're magical thanks to Tinkerbell. Or maybe they're just planted in pots underneath that, Jeez, that been, are you trying to kill up? all the magic? Why are you <laughs> just, destroying all the magic? I'm just magic? telling you how it's done, man. man. Peep behind the curtain, it's you the, know? It's it's because of Tinkerbell. Oh, right. Monster. Right, right. Her, her fairy dust or whatever. You're uh, a monster. <laughs> I am. So then we uh, end it with a couple of uh, moments from Little Mermaid. We get King Eric, or Prince Eric's castle. Was he a prince? He was prince. Yeah, yeah Prince Eric's castle, which is like a little seaside castle. It also has a boat outside, but it seems like it's weirdly like tucked away. They built like yes. this outcropping of rock, I think, to hide it because you're basically back at the line at this point. So I feel like it's there. It's kind of hidden. Yeah. And again, you don't really get the aerial singing. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. And it's like, oh, it's like the shame of the ride is this <laughs> King Eric's thing. It's weird because it's like, is it supposed to be a reveal? Because I don't think I don't so. Because you have to, so. cr- again, crane your neck to yeah. like, see it. Yeah. Like, honestly, if you weren't paying attention, you might miss it. Yeah. And to your left is like, they say King Triton's castle. But I swear, I have never seen any. It's like a waterfall. A and waterfall. I've definitely seen some like seaweed hanging from the ceiling of the cave. By the way, that cave is where the boats go to chill for the night after the ride's closed. Spoiler <laughs> Spoiler alert. But I don't actually think there's anything there. I I'm think it's just waterfall. You, I've looked a million times and I haven't seen anything. Yeah. And it disappoints me because yeah. it's the end of the ride. But it's the end of the ride. I'm like, give us something uh, uh, cool. You lied. Because, and honestly, like that would have been an awesome thing because King Triton's castle is badass. Yeah. Like, I love the design of that castle with the... It looked like the, a penis. With the dick spire and all. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't get anything. You just get some multicolored seaweed kind of just hanging or coral yeah. or whatever it's supposed to be. It's really weird because, like, why even point it out then? Like, why not just yeah. be like, why oh, there's just, a waterfall. Yeah, or just don't say, yeah, don't even don't say anything at all. Just be like, there's King Zarek's castle. Oh, cool, thanks for being here. <laughs> Bye. It's literally the end of the ride. You're pulling yeah. up to the dock. Yeah. And you're like, wait, I want to see this castle. And they're just smirking at you because they know it doesn't exist. And yeah. you're an idiot. Yeah. You're just a dummy like all those figurines on the Paris <laughs> ride. <laughs> yeah. So that so then we obviously reach the end of our ride, hop off, and go on with our lives. And, and we're like, man, you, that was the best. And you get right back in line to hop back on it. Yeah, I'm like, hold on. I need one more round. I'm not ready. All right. So obviously we're on a podcast called Here's Why It's Great. I think a lot of people find this ride great anyway i think most people generally like this ride i think it's mainly you so when it's like we tell you we take things that you hate and tell you why they're great we're actually just talking to you yeah you're just talking to me i'm talking to myself today yeah we're just like oh hey john we take the thing the one thing that you and only you hate and we will both i'm not the only one my friend that hates this i went on yelp oh okay uh, to look at the Storybook they, they, Land Canal Boats. They rate rides on Yelp? Oh, yeah, they rate everything on Yelp, wow. my friend. Uh, it has a, it 
currently has a four-star review on Yelp, or a four-star rating yeah. on Yelp. So, pretty good. Not a five-star. Uh, I, I guarantee you that Space Mountain's got a five-star. I'm going to well, look that up. that's an e-ticket ride. That is an e-ticket ride. So, I'm going to read you... You know what? I'm going to read you just one review. Okay. That is pretty wonderful from Yelp. This ride just screams, BORING! With at least seven exclamation points. Did you write that review? <laughs> You got me. No, I wish I would have written this. And now that I know that they have the reviews for rides, I do feel like I want to go and contribute to this. Anyway, back to the review. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was the review. No, no, no. At the start of the ride, you get in a small boat and ride through the mouth of a whale. What? It has the same hill like Casey Jr., but spells out storybook instead of Casey Jr. These are all capitalized, by the way. So this is how they're going to be read. Getting back to the whale, I found it a little bit of an eyesore. Well, that's incorrect. Ouch. Monstro's cool. Once you go through the whale, wow, did I just say that? You see a very detailed versions of Disney universes. Disneyland also makes you go with a captain, quote-unquote, and your experience relies on him. Or, or her. I'm going to add an or her because I've mostly had female skippers. Uh, yeah, I've had a good mix. I, yeah. don't, I don't know if I've ever actually had a male skipper, come to think of it. If it's a guy new to the park, you'll have... A fun experience. Or gal. Or gal. You'll have a fun experience similar to Jungle Cruise. If it's a guy who has gone on a million times, you might not be lucky. Frozen was also added recently, which angered me. Me too. <laughs> maybe, it was this, maybe it was me who wrote this. I think it was written uh, in 2016. Oh, okay. You have all the great Disney films, such as Peter Pan, Aladdin, etc. I haven't seen etc. I, I hear it's good, though. <laughs> then you throw in the overrated Frozen. This review was short because, well... There isn't much to say about it. So that's the review. That's kind of sums up a lot of my feelings about it, honestly. Yeah, I really I need to go check Yelp and make sure it doesn't say JB on that uh, <laughs> review. And most of the reviews are like what you're saying. It's like, oh my god, my kid loved it. I loved it. It's so wonderful. It takes harkens back to a simpler time, which I will say. I mean, obviously this this again this podcast is about telling why something's great, and even just me talking about it and w- watching it on the laptop today, it, it, it there is something magical about it. Yes, I think. I think my problem with it still stands, which is I feel like it could be more storytelling involved, a little bit more animation, a little bit more just pizzazz to the ride. More but, jokes like Jungle Cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to say, like, why don't they have any Jungle Cruise jokes? Yeah. Like, that's an easy way to, like, you know, bring this up a notch or so. Right. It's just add a couple of little zingers here and there. Like, oh, there's Geppetto's house. Man, how did it get out here in this field of grass? Because <laughs> he was in a city in the movie, remember? See, I again, Imagineers, like call me, baby. Uh, I mean, come on, even in the, the, the waterfall at the end, that's a perfect callback to the Jungle Cruise being like the backside of water. Or to say like, oh, to your left, the front side of water. Hilarious! Yeah. It's a crossover. We're all about shared universes now. Yeah. Let's have a shared universe between the, all the boat rides at Disneyland. And some little kid's going to be like, oh my god, on Jungle Cruise I said the backside of water. Ah! Now he's on the front side. Holy shit. It's like a portal. Yeah. So I think that that could probably uh, make it a little bit better. But but no, sure. I mean, there is a lot of charm to this ride. I mean, I, I think that's a lot of what those early day Disney rides are going to be. Uh, it's just pure charm. Yeah. And magic and just like a sweetness and again the simpler time. Absolutely. I mean, if this, as you said, if this were a, I, I know it was the whatever of the world or whatever the canal boats of the world. But if this were a D ticket ride or was a D ticket ride at the time, yeah, I mean, it just shows you that it was a simpler time. Like, yeah. It, it wasn't about whipping around and yeah, it's just and and again that's what I and so many others 
like about this ride. Wonderful, wonderful. And well, what makes it great? I feel like we've really run the gamut on this conversation. And you know what? I'm going to admit, I look forward to going yes. when I go at Thanksgiving. Well, I'm going to admit, I look forward to being a passenger when you're the skipper on this ride. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to get a job. I'm not going to be there as an attendee at Thanksgiving. I'm going to be there as an employee, a seasonal employee. Yes. And it's going to be wonderful. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of jokes. A lot of good ones, like the Geppetto joke. I'm gonna make sure to write that one down. Like he keeps going. Off I'm gonna be at my. I'm gonna have my application. I'm gonna be like, I got a few ideas. <laughs> and I'm gonna slide them over, and it's gonna be a full 60-page pilot script of nothing but new alt jokes for this. And by alt jokes, that means replacing all the dialogue that's there now. <laughs> I'm like, nobody else has to do this. Just when I do it, right? And they're gonna be like, great, you can be a custodian. <laughs> the end. I, I think everybody would really flock. They'd be like, hold on, I'm waiting for John's boat. Yeah, I like, think so. I think and so. I'm, I'll show up and I'll be like, man, why is this line so long now? Yeah. I used to just come here to get on this five-minute line. And they'll be like, oh, have you heard of John? And yeah. I'm like, no way. No way. Here's why it's even greater. Yeah, boy. I can make it actually great. So I'll see you guys then. I'll see you at Disneyland. Sebastian. Looking forward to it. And I'll see you, our listeners, also at Disneyland. What do you think of the canal boat rides? Let us know at our email, which is hwigpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could let us know on Twitter or Instagram, where you can find us at hwigpodcast, all one word, where we're going to have photos, we're going to have lots of hilarious jokes, much like my Geppetto joke, uh, (laughs) up on those Twitters and those Instas. It's a high bar. All day, air day. And don't forget to let us know what you hate so we can cover it in a future episode. But until then, I'm John Bring. I'm Sebastian Kavlicek. And here's why it's great. Please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeem.